Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from pornography addiction. If you or anyone that you know is struggling with pornography addiction, please point them to pathbackrecovery.com. There you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography addiction. Again, that's pathbackrecovery.com. And I am continuing to extend my coupon code. Happy New Year, all one word. Uh, you get $50 off the Path Back program. Getting some great feedback and response there. And quickly, please follow me on Instagram at Virtual Couch or Facebook, Tony Overbay, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. And keep those emails coming to contact at TonyOverbay.com and all of that good stuff. But today we have a bonus episode. So I want to get right to it. Today I talk with Tyler and Andrea Davis. And they run a website called BetterScreenTime.com. And whether or not you have kids, I think this interview is worth a listen because we are all in front of screens, whether it's our phones or computers. Um, Are you aware of the amount of screen time that you're using? Are you in denial of the amount of screen time you're using? Are you justifying the amount of screen time you're using? Are you being intentional? Are you mindlessly scrolling? If you do have kids, are you living a bit of uh, do what I say, not what I do mentality? I just think this is a nice conversation to have. It's something to be aware of. And I've said it on my podcast before. Uh, I feel like simply just saying to your kids, you're on your phone too much is not very productive. It's not accomplishing much of anything because they have grown up seeing us on our phones. They've grown up um, having their, you know, their friends have phones, their friends are on their phones, phones are in movies, TV shows. It's funny if you watch an old movie, you can even, you'll notice the absence of something, which that is a cell phone. Or when you see somebody at a payphone or you see a landline or those sort of things. As a matter of fact, there was a, there's a funny video that is um, someone had shared on or posted on Facebook of it's a couple of teenagers and they have, I think it's four minutes to figure out how to use a rotary dial phone. And they, uh, they literally don't know how to, uh, to use that. I have a client of mine that used to work for the phone company back in the days of, you know, you just pick up a, a handset and you're talking to an operator and you tell them to connect you with somebody's name or, or that sort of thing. And uh, it's just, it's pretty wild to even think about where we came from there. And now we have this pocket computer that we're carrying around all the time. But uh, so I, I think this is an important conversation to have. And so what we do is we cover all kinds of screen time related topics and their site is honestly, it's an invaluable site full of resources, um, downloadable material to help you have discussions with your kids. That's what I love. I really do feel like it's, it's the thing where if you think I have no clue what to do, they do have enough data and information there and they do a lot. It's all the nice evidence-based data, but they've got enough data there where you can, you can just say, all right, here is what I am doing. Here's my plan. But they really are leaning more toward um, here's how to have those discussions and here's how to create a plan based around you, you know, your individual um, desires or wants or needs and the individual habits of your kids and what they're like. And so it's just a really nice site with some good downloadable information. So I would highly recommend you to go visit betterscreentime.com. So uh, let's get to the interview. Before I do that, here's I forgot I was going to read a quick bit of their background from their website on Tyler and Andrea. Um, here we go. Andrea's passion is teaching. She has a BA in secondary education, and her experience ranges from teaching preschool swimming lessons to college-level Spanish. Now, that's a range. That is a wide range. Uh, she says, however, her greatest learning has come from her daily work as a stay-at-home mom of five children. Uh, the past several years, she's also worked at home as an admin for a motherhood website, a health coach, and a podcast copywriter. 
So she knows she's in there. She's in the trenches, knows what moms are worried about. And her husband, Tyler, was a lot of fun. He really was. Um, that isn't what it says on the about part of their website. That's me narrating my commentary. But Tyler brings his tech skills and a sense of humor to their mission, she says. He has a PhD in mechanical engineering from Purdue University. So I think that there's a tiny bit of an oxymoron in there uh, with the sense of humor and PhD in mechanical engineering. I am being humorous there. Um, but he was. He was funny. Uh, I like the sense of humor. But uh, he works as a mechanical and software engineer. And so he spends a lot of time on computers and always been tech savvy. So um, it was a really fun interview. So without any further ado, let me get to the interview with Tyler and Andrea Davis of BetterScreenTime.com. Because here we were, I was getting ready to talk to Tyler about being a podcast rookie, and I felt like, okay, this is gold. So, uh, Tyler, are you nervous right now? Or yes, I am. Okay, because I, I mean, I'll jump right in with the, your background. I mean, I saw that you have a PhD. Is that correct? That is correct. In what? It was something very smart. I, I studied <laughs> mechanical engineering. Got my PhD at Purdue University in Indiana. Uh-huh. I specialized in control theory there, so it's sort of. It's sort of the, I like to play around with the boundary between computers and hardware. I like the mechanical aspects, but I love the computer aspects too. And so control theory is right where they meet and I uh-huh. get use computers to make machines do things. Oh, wow. Okay. I, 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 you just kind of blew my mind there. So it's almost like you, you enjoy computers that then control computers. Is that or other machines. Other um, machines. Gotcha. Okay. Like uh, assembly line things or, or are you starting, are you, you know, developing robots that will someday replace us? I mean, is this kind of your, <laughs> right now I'm developing cameras that spy on people. Oh, okay. It's just uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of a, an interesting topic. Yeah. But uh, actually they're, they're used primarily in the war fighting scenarios and protecting our troops, basically giving uh-huh. them eyes in the sky so that they can see what's around them. Okay. That's, that's pretty cool. That is. I would ask you more questions, but I'm sure everything is classified, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, and I don't know why I always go to this, but when someone has a PhD, do you enjoy being called doctor? You know, I do not place a lot of weight <laughs> on titles. All right. No, if people call me doctor, then I feel the need to call them bachelor or master, oh. whatever degree they've attained, right? Yeah. High exactly. school graduate. Yeah. Uh, trade school, whatever it is. Right. Yes. Uh, okay. But so, right there, we naturally got to your background and, uh, Andrea, what's your background? So you, you were, uh, have been a teacher. Yes. So my background is I have a degree in teaching. So I've taught junior high and also some university courses, but primarily my main focus has been, um, being a stay at home mom. So I have been home with my kids for, almost 14 years. Our oldest is almost 14. So, um, yeah, I've had a lot of teaching in the home. <laughs> um, do you enjoy teaching older people or younger kids better? Yeah, I like that junior high, high school age. It's, uh, there we're, a, you know, weird bunch people that like, the, like that group, but I totally do. And, um, so yeah, I've taught junior high and college, which I really loved. Okay. And then I see on the, on the about from your website, betterscreentime.com, uh, college level Spanish. Yes. Mm -hmm. Are you, are you fluent in Espanol? No, I wish I were, but no, I lived in the Dominican Republic for a year and a half. So I learned Spanish there as a missionary and, um, 
yeah, in the Midwest, there are a lot fewer Spanish speakers. So it yeah. was, I was able to get a job teaching beginning Spanish. She's being <laughs> modest there. She, she can converse in Spanish just fine. Uh, Tyler, do you speak Spanish? I, well, no, I'm trying to learn to keep up with her, but it's, I, I'm, I'm checking out books from the library that are targeted at two-year-olds and three-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm learning. I think that's, uh, I don't know, my dream, but my wife, uh, neither one of us speak any foreign language, but I think there's a family, uh, you know, that, uh, that we know that they both went to Japan on a mission. And so they can talk about their kids in front of them in Japanese. And I just think that would just be brilliant. Totally. Yeah. We did pig Latin for a long time, but now they, and then the kids eventually learn pig Latin. So then you can't. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Tyler's got the word helado down, which is ice cream. So (laughs) that's an important one. They're very nice, right? Okay. Well, I'm grateful that you're uh, that you're here, and and I was going to go full disclosure on I think the the therapist in me. So I do a lot of speaking in the area, and I will get asked to come talk about screen time and the, the whole concept and how what what is too much and and uh, I don't I, and I kind of feel like I can go into some nice generic therapisty things about empathy and judgment and these sort of things, but I don't know that I have the real data to kind of back up. Uh, much in this area. So I'm, I really almost just want to kind of sit back and just let you guys drive. Um, what, what, what got you to start betterscreentime.com in the first place? Yeah. Well, it was searching for that data. Basically. Okay. Um, we, we found ourselves with, with an unexpected move out to Oregon where we are now. And it put our family into sort of, I won't say an emergency mode, but it changed things. Everything was in turmoil. And at that same time, our oldest daughter was getting to where she wanted to have a cell phone. And we started making these decisions, providing these things for our kids. And with all the chaos going on, we quickly found ourselves not being comfortable with how it was working out. And so we started looking for information on what's the right way to handle this scenario. How do we keep our family together, not let our kids go too far out into the unknown with all of these uh, screens? And found that there is not really a handy way or not a great consensus on what the right approach is yet. Okay. Yeah. And, so and that, you, that led to this. Did you, did you start off, I mean, before you went on that, uh, trying to find the data, were you being a bit arbitrary as a lot of parents are? I mean, were there, you know, here's a rule, there's a rule. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, oh, go ahead. I say we quickly realized that we needed to have a, a plan. Yeah. Something that we all agree on as a family so that we know our, what our rules and our boundaries are, and then we can work with that. Well, and that's where I think when I talk about the generic things, I know to say that it is, I, I talk about that uh, uh, arbitrary and, you know, I'll take your phone. I won't take your phone. You've been on it too much. You haven't, you know, I feel like I can comfortably say that that's not productive. And when I'm talking to a teenager, for example, you know, they, uh, eventually they know that even if the parent says you'll get it back when you're better or whatever that means that they can't trust that. So at some point it just removes all hope because they know that it's going to get taken away or not and whatever that looks like. So I feel like I can lead people to the point of where, okay, let's figure out those rules, but then I don't really know what to do from there. So, um, right. yeah. yeah. So we, we came up with a plan just to get basically presented it to the kids and said, okay, this is our family technology plan. This is what we're going to do. These are the rules. But of course we lacked a lot of experience. And so there were a lot of things that we left out. And it also was us kind of being the, I guess, control freaks or 
whatever you, however you want to put it, um, just kind of telling the kids, this is how it's going to be. And we just realized um, as time passed that that wasn't the right approach. And um, you might be familiar with a guy named Simon Sinek. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. There's like a 15-minute uh, talk of his. I, I, is that the one you're... you're exactly. Like, yep. That. So yeah. he has a TED Talk called Start With Why and yeah. also a book by the same name. Okay. And it's targeted toward, you know, business leaders. But really, when you think about it as parents, we're, we're leaders too. We're leaders in our home. And so as I read that, I realized that's why our approach was so wrong was because we had started with what with our kids. Ah. So we said, this is what the rules are. If you're, you know, you're on a device too long, this is what happens. But we realized instead we needed to just start with why. Mm. And so how that plays into plays in is that we got our kids involved. Okay. And so we started this thing called a family tech think tank, which is kind of a mouthful, but you know, basically a think tank is a brainstorming session that yeah. you know a company might do. So they might pull all their you know bright minds together and they'll do a strategy session and they're just gonna brainstorm, right? So that's what a think tank is. And so I we thought, well, that would be great. You know, we know that we, you know, family councils are effective, family councils are good. What if we could kind of mesh those two ideas together. So that's kind of what we did. We got the kids together and got them on board to create a family tech plan together. So, and if you're okay, I'm going to, I want to try to see if I can force or mesh a bit of some of the things I love. And one of those is this nurtured heart parenting approach, which in that one, it is the, you know, you don't want to be the punisher. Um, You want to be in a position where you can uh, encourage, you know, build inner wealth. So the theory there is that you do. I like this idea. It's the think tank. So it is the um, we want to come up with the rules together so that then it isn't just you saying this is the rule. I mean, is that kind of where we're going with that? So then they feel like, you know, so then if they're uh, if they're breaking the rule, they can't just say, well, I don't like the rule because, I mean, they were part of making the rule. I mean, is that okay? And in yeah. your approach, I'll always say you lovingly manipulate. I mean, is that what you do here too? Or <laughs> is there a little bit of that? Or is that? Yeah. I mean, obviously when we're leading the discussion, we've got a, a little bit of an agenda in mind. Like yeah. we've, we've talked about it together right. ahead of time and we are trying to steer and guide the kids in a certain direction. But I yeah. think that's the key word is guide. Yeah. And and then we're encouraging dialogue. And so it feels a lot less forced. Yeah. It also gives the kids an opportunity to shape the rules or maybe, you know, bring up points that we wouldn't have considered or thought of ourselves. Uh, and it helps them see why we're putting these rules in place rather than just coming down with a set of rules that they have to follow. Mm-hmm. I love it. I do. So then, all right. So a family tech think tank then is, is really the brainstorming session. Is that? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then, and you talk about you guys knew going in or you, or you had an idea. So, um, I mean, the, your whole kind of uh, goal is helping parents have positive screen time strategies, right? So do you kind of mm-hmm. go, would you recommend that they're going, again, parents are going to have a pretty uh, well, not well-oiled machine, but they've, they've talked about this a lot before they go into the family tech think tank. So how do you, yeah. yeah so that's- Okay, what are some strategies you recommend then as far as with the, the, you know, the positive screen time? Yeah, so obviously our main strategy is having this family tech think tank. And mm-hmm. so 
um, and coming up with a family technology plan together. So I think what, when we were looking for answers, we might find like a cell phone contract online Mm -hmm. that you could print out or things like that. And again, that's going back to the what. So Mm -hmm. if we want to start with the why, then we need to involve the kids. And so like, we don't do a cell phone contract. We do a family technology plan. And so that holds all of us accountable, including Tyler and I, because as adults, we need to be held accountable too, honestly. And um, as our kids get older, I think this is another thing that we learned that when our kids were young, we had a lot of, um, you have a lot of control over, I guess, their environment and a lot of things. But as they get older, we really wanted to teach or come from the point of teaching our kids. So, you know, I think in each home, this will look different. But for us, at some point, when our daughter does have a smartphone, we want to teach her how to use it. Because I guess I don't want to send our kids off when they're 18 and be like, here's your smartphone, you know, call me and learn how to use it. So it's kind of needs to be this gradual process. So I guess our strategies just involving, you know, having this family tech think tank. And we did this over the course. In fact, we still are having these conversations, but probably over the course of like six months, Okay. We did eight to 10 different topics about different things related to technology. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I got to point out before we get too far down the road, how well you handled me asking a kind of dumb question there, which I loved. So you had already laid out the family tech think tank. And then I still wanted to go back to this, but you know, what do you do first so that you have this complete plan in place to bring to the family tech think tank? And, and you very kindly kind of went back over that. No, it's not really the goal, right? So, I mean, it really is. It's that's more collaborative. So, when you guys are getting together beforehand, um, it's not that you have to have this in, in well again this perfect model in place because then that would go against the uh, hey kids, what do you think, right? Right. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, but but it is good to get on the same page. And of course, I, the other thing I think is helpful is that we don't always agree as couples on technology and how to handle technology. And so having that conversation beforehand is helpful for a couple of reasons. One, so that you can kind of get on the same page. And it's also actually helpful if your spouse doesn't agree with everything you say, because it gives you a chance to see things from the other side and also to think of things that your kids might bring up. Because, I mean, all of our our kids are smart and they're going to bring up things and you know, they like mm-hmm. to challenge some of the things that we say, yeah, right? Of course they're going to challenge and yeah. it gives us a chance to maybe develop some answers or at least think through those challenges mm-hmm. before we have to do it in front of the kids. So yes, we'll have different opinions and we'll, we'll have one topic that we want to address. And we sort of think about how we're going to address that with the kids and then go and have the discussion. Do you, do you remember uh, anything that you guys disagreed on initially when you started kind of going through this? <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's one thing I think that's a real challenge for a lot of people, and that is just monitoring devices and apps. So that's something that we're going to be sharing more about on our website. But, you know, maybe you can share your just your initial thoughts on monitoring devices like I don't like monitoring devices. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Considering what you do for work in a way. Right. (laughs) It's a tricky topic. Yeah. I don't like feeling like people are watching over my shoulder and it, it makes me feel untrusted basically. Yeah. I also, yeah. I also personally, you know, I, 
I see our kids going out outside of the home and I know that there's going to be scenarios where I can't monitor them. Yeah. That, so between that sort of limitation and the amount of time and effort it takes to effectively monitor people, monitor people, I, I don't feel like it's the right answer. My mm-hmm. personal opinion is teach them how to do things the right way. And then you have to trust them to do it or give them their, let them do their best effort at it. Yeah. And so right. that's why I see, I see these, tech think tanks as a way to teach our kids. And some of the strategies that we implement is introducing the ideas to them piece by piece, rather than just giving them the the keys to the car and say, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then on the, you know, the reverse side, is there some parents who are never going to take the time to do a family tech think tank? That's just the reality of it. And so if using a monitoring app or device a Disney circle or whatever it is, is going to prevent their little kids from seeing something pornographic or something that could be damaging for their whole life, really um, image printed in their mind. I think that's, that's great that those things exist for that reason. So really, so we've kind of come together and come up with an approach where um, we have this image of a house and we kind of start with you know, how do we build the house? And the first thing is to have the conversation with your family, right? And that's that's like the framework of your house or the foundation. Yeah. And that's where we need to start. And then the second thing is the doorknob. And that's like your passwords. And, you know, those are, those are smart things to use. We need to teach our kids to have good passwords and we need to password protect our things. And then the third thing is the blinds on your house. And those are that, those are like the monitoring apps and devices that we might use to block out, you know, anything unwanted on our devices. Okay. And so those are, those are options that parents have, but we just need to realize that there's kind of a, a better, a good, better, best. So there's a, a best way to approach it. And that's by having the conversation first. Okay. Um, it, so I love this because, uh, that you are, you, you disagree or, but you've kind of come to this, uh, I'm not going to say compromise, but your awareness around this. Cause so if I'm going to be super honest, when people, you know, I, I have an online pornography program and I've, I've worked with people for a decade plus, And, and if I get asked, what's the best monitoring software, what's the best filter, my initial reaction wants to be, I mean, ideally it would be none because, you know, I, I have enough people that the filter and I, and I love the fact that it can give them pause or I love what you said where, um, if that's, if that does even help give peace of mind or even just to kind of know that it's there, but, mm-hmm. it, but in, in the, if, if the, I don't know, if some of the core issues are not being talked about or if the, you know, then the person's still going to do their best to find their way around the filter. And, and I hear that stuff all day. Right. But I don't want to have to discourage anyone from ever putting a filter on. I still think that they're really good. So I, I love that. So yeah, ideally, you know, um, it would be great to not, and they can govern themselves, but, uh, in the world of, you know, habit, the habit cycle, you've got a trigger and a thought and action and whatever you do to put that distance between thought and action. Sometimes that filter is, is what you need. Yeah. So I like your, your house model too. Did you say there were four things though? Are we missing one? Three, maybe. Oh, three. Okay, three. I might've said there were four. <laughs> there are only three. <laughs> okay. All right. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, okay. With, we said about, with the time, we have about 15 minutes left and I want to cover like a bunch of things. So, uh, are you ready? Kind of a wrap up. I mean, I want you guys to get to anything too. I know that some of the questions that I think people will have are you've mentioned. Obviously, we're talking cell phones and teenagers, and and I think people would uh, send me bad emails if I didn't address. You know, what are your thoughts on when? You know, 
do you get that question all the time of what age and okay our kids ask us that all the time yeah yeah and yeah. i think we've come to the conclusion that we can't do it based on age yeah okay that's, that's been kind of frustrating yeah. for our kids to hear yeah, we should say we have five kids. Okay. So I think when you have a big family, you realize how different personalities are and just their responsibility level and all of those things that just picking an age isn't a great idea. Good. Okay. So instead, we've, we've worked hard to instill the idea that it's based on behavior and uh, I guess capability or... Responsibility yeah. and we... Maturity levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we're trying hard to identify ways to indicate when somebody is mature enough to use. The I'm glad you said that. I mean, as you're throwing those out, I was already thinking, okay, you know, those are some kind of ethereal or ambiguous terms, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what we actually did is with one of our family tech think tanks is we asked the kids, we didn't say anything about devices. We just said, what do you guys think? What does it look like when someone is emotionally mature and they're responsible? Oh, what does that look like? Right. And that was all. And so they were like, oh, they do their homework. Ah. They get up when they're supposed to. <laughs> they, do their, they do their chores without asking. So we made this whole list. We were like, yes. And when someone does those things most of the time, then they're probably ready for a personal device. Wow. And, uh, that was, so that was this list and we turned it into a self-evaluation, which we actually have on our fridge. Do you really? Okay. Is that available on your website? That looks really nice. Yes. So and if you subscribe, okay. subscribe to our email list, it comes to our email subscribers. Oh, that's nice. So it's got a list of 12 questions. And, you know, even that being said, we have a nine-year-old who could answer and it says like, okay, I'm still learning sometimes and almost always. We have a nine-year-old that could probably answer all of these almost always because she's yes. super responsible. The very last question says, do I have a need for a personal device and do my parents feel that I'm ready? So that's mm -hmm. kind of like our final, you know, yeah, you probably could, but our nine-year-old isn't, she isn't even asking for one, but that's kind of our capstone question where we can kind of say, yeah, but you don't need one yet. And so... Well. I love that. Okay. That's right there. Uh, the fact that you have a, cause people want, and, and I, and I feel even bad when I was saying, okay, you guys, it's all up to you. When can they have one? I mean, I wasn't trying to right push that response, but people just, they, they just want to know and they oh, don't yeah. know where to start. And, and I feel like that's the thing I get all the time and they want me to tell them and, and I can pull the therapist card and ask them how that makes them feel, you know? Um, but right. that's why I love that you got this list, this, that you can kind of work yeah. Well, yeah, but I will yeah. say that it varies from kid to kid, and I'm sure yeah. it would vary from family to family too. So it's yeah, it's still no easy answer, and we find ourselves constantly changing or having to go back and do another think tank as we've identified some new topic that we haven't clearly looked at before. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but I think the you know one what, what I'm kind of hearing or, or one of the keys to that though is it just, it keeps the ball rolling, right? So it's not like yeah. this is the final thing and we're done and we're not talking about it anymore or I don't know or any of that. That's great. Uh, okay, are you okay if I do some very specific questions? Maybe some from things from your website. So four-step plan for your teen's cell phone use. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Yeah, show up. <laughs> uh, right, we have the diagram here. Okay, this is cool. The right. graphic. Yeah, okay. so the idea is basically kind of how I alluded to this earlier that we don't 
we don't want to just give our kids full capability for something right away, no education, no instruction. For example, I, I used to work for Caterpillar and I got to operate bulldozers and they were amazing and it was really fun. And I, I kept feeling like I had the ability to push over any tree or any mound of dirt that was in my way. And then I started to get scared because I thought, what if there's a car in front of me? Or what if I do some damage with this thing? Mm. So it was a learning process for me going at, you know, bit by bit, learning what I could do, how to operate the machine safely. And cell phones, I think a lot of times we, we don't recognize how much potential there is there, how much power they have and how much influence they have on our lives. And so it's easy to hand a kid a cell phone and think, oh, well, it's just my old cell phone, no big deal. But actually it's opening up this entire world to the kid that they're probably not ready for. Yeah. So the four-step plan is introducing functionality bit by bit as the child uh, demonstrates that maturity or the capability to handle it and do it right. So we start with just a feature phone, the old-fashioned LCD screen. You know, it's very basic, and it can do texting and calls and maybe pictures. Most people call it a flip phone. Yeah, okay. So uh, that gives them the ability to communicate, which is a, an important safety feature. Uh, I think it's good for people to be able to reach out and, and communicate. Mm. Uh, after that, we transition to a, a smartphone, but that has very limited functionality, only slightly more than what the feature phone would have, maybe a camera and email on top of what was there before. Again, go with that for a while, make sure that they can handle that. And then we can step up to introducing some other apps that they might enjoy maybe a game maybe uh some audio whatever you know yeah. and, and this is where it's up to the parents to decide what mm -hmm. they want to introduce and when but basically stair-stepping to eventually giving them full reign with the phone and social media and everything else that's out there yeah so social media is the very last thing that we recommend adding just because there's there are a lot of things to consider when it comes to being responsible using social media yeah. Well, so in, in when in maybe a nice uh, segue there is with social media, um, do you guys deal with or do you have do you run into people that feel like their teens are addicted to their devices or, you know, what do you do with that? Or what have you found in that area as far as research or any of that? Yeah, I mean, the research really varies, um, but there's plenty of, I'm sure you've heard of Colin Karchner, but he goes around and talks a lot about the social media use, and a lot of people are just loving his message. Um, but really, there are there are studies that say that social media can cause anxiety and can cause depression, but I think at the end of the day, it always comes to an underlying problem. So usually there's just a need that's been unfulfilled yeah. in yeah. a child or a teen, and that's what they're turning to. So I'm sure, I mean, you deal with this all the time, right? Yeah. But there are a lot of things that we can turn to when we have an un unfulfilled need. And so that's and just one that, of the things. By the same, yeah. the world of addiction, it really is the, that's the, the coping mechanism, right? For not feeling whatever. And I think with teens, and it's a, that's an easy one to go to if they don't feel connected to their friends or their family or their, I mean, you know, any of those things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, it's something to escape to even like when they're at school or, you know, I, I'll, sometimes I'll start to think, okay, this isn't a bit as big of a problem as I think, but then I'll go drive past the middle school to go pick up my daughter or whatever. And I'll see a teen all by themselves, just looking at yeah. their phone. And they honestly, you can 
by the their body posture, by their demeanor, that they do feel lonely. They do feel isolated. And so it, it can be a problem. I, I don't think it's the only problem, you know, and that's why our, our motto, I guess, is to worry less, connect more with your kids. Okay. So we were trying to help people, you know, I'm a huge worrier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's one of the reasons why I, why we wanted to start this because we want parents to feel hopeful yeah. and to I not like worry that. as much. But also like realizing that, yeah, it's not just the technology that's the problem. It's just that we've got to, you know, create an environment so that we're prioritizing real people first. Yeah. What I really like is, I mean, I'm a big fan of it's the seek first, understand. It's the leading with empathy. It's the um, because I feel like parents, they just come blasting out that you're on your phone too much or, you know, you shouldn't need your phone. Or I, I grew up without a phone and none of that says, tell me what's going on, you know, right. it's just shame, you know, that's, that's pretty much all it is. Yes. Uh, no, I like that. Now, do you have though a, I was at something, five strategies to, that you use if somebody is struggling with technology addiction, do you guys have it? Yeah. 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 So, um, these are just, you know, really, we haven't had a teenager that's been addicted to technology, but, um, we've just seen addiction with people that we've been close to yeah. throughout our lives. And so these are things, strategies that we even pull out to prevent addiction. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so okay. These are helpful even if someone is addicted and, and you might even have some things to add to this because I know you know a lot about it, but, um, one thing that's helpful is to have a daily one-on-one check-in. So this is just accountability, right? And we all know that we're much more effective at changing habits and changing things if we have an accountability partner. Yeah. So this can be just checking in with your child and um, finding some time to connect with them. So it can be like just yesterday, I needed to take dinner to someone and I told my teen, I was like, hey, you want to come with me? Because it's not very often that when you have a large family, you get a child one-on-one, right? Yeah. So we hopped in the car and we were only together 10 minutes, but there was some conversation that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So I think just finding those opportunities to connect one-on-one. Um, another thing that helps is just to establish tech limits with your kids. So we've, we covered this already, but rather than deciding on the limits on your own, get your kids involved. Yeah. Um, the third thing is to talk to your children about the dangers of technology addiction, which is also what we do in the Family Tech Think Tank. So really helping them to be aware that it can be an addiction. And obviously, and this also varies depending on what book you read and who you talk to, whether it's an addiction or not. But I think we can all see that it's, it's a, a coping mechanism that a lot of people use. And so just letting your kids know hey, if you feel like this device has more control over you than you have over it, then that's, you know, let's watch out for that. Yeah. Um, another step is just to be willing to reevaluate. So a really good friend, I think he was in his 70s, told me that when he was growing up, that his mom said that I reserve the right to be wiser today than I was yesterday. And I've never forgotten that. And obviously, as parents, we want to be consistent. We want to try to stick with our word. But, you know, sometimes we, we've never done this before. We don't know right. better. And so we can tell our kids, oh, let's, I gave you a cell phone way sooner than I should have. And that was the place where we found ourselves where we were like, oh, this was too much too soon. Mm-hmm. So you can reevaluate and adjust. Never be afraid to do that. 
And the last is to identify unmet needs, which we also touched on. Yeah. So that's just kind of paying attention to if you feel like anyone in your family, it could be yourself, it could be your spouse, your kids. If anyone is turning to a device um, often and they're finding that they're, you know, putting them, they're finding time to be alone with the device for long periods of time, those kinds of things are warning signs that maybe there's some unmet need that we don't know about. And I, and I got to throw in there the, I'm, I'm such a, uh, yeah, no, no guilt, no shame. Uh, cause I feel like it, those questions even need to start with, uh, tell me what's going on. Tell me more, tell me what your relationship is like with, you know, do you ever, uh, struggle with, or uh, those kind of things. And I feel like too many times parents just go in, um, hot, you know, you're on your phone too much and, you know, you, and I just, uh, now you've got the, basically the people, people getting their defensive stances and now it's, you know, Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. There was a, there was a phrase I found that I was, I know I was mispronouncing. I think I've got it down now. What is uh, technoference? <laughs> yeah. Technoference. Yeah, right? okay. yeah. Yeah. So uh, we've just been doing a lot of research and there's an actual research article, a study done about a, a new term they came up with with technoference and Tyler drew a great cartoon. Um, you'll have to check it out on the okay. website. But it's basically got a mom and she's cooking her dinner and it's in flames. And then there's a kid looking up at the mom, but she's just staring at her phone. So dinner is burning. The kid's looking at his mom like, please look at me. And she's just, you know, scrolling Instagram or whatever. So technoference is just interference with technology in our daily lives, which we, I think is just inevitable. So we accept that, but we you know, come up with a plan to avoid that. And um, one of the things that's been helpful for us is to have a family charging station. And so when we walk in the door, we put our devices there and I've loved it because I've found that when I'm reading Harry Potter at night with my son, I'm not feeling a buzz in my pocket. I'm not thinking, Oh, who else needs me right now? Because the person who needs me is lying right by me, you know, and it's just, if somebody really needs me, they'll call, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can call if it's an emergency and, and it can usually wait. And sometimes we think that text messages and, you know, all the buzzing, but it can't wait, but it yeah. can't. You might have to teach kids what calling is though. I mean, I think right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and I, uh, when you mentioned that I don't feel the buzz in my pocket, I, I will tell you I'm fascinated by some of the studies because I feel like I've found it as well or the research around the phantom vibration. I don't know if you've ever felt that, right? Yes. I felt that. Yeah, I have too. I did. Yeah. I have in a while. Um, okay. A couple of more things. And then uh, one, I will, I want if there are things that we haven't covered that you guys want to cover, I would love to talk about that too. Um, I got, uh, you know, the, the one thing that's been occurring to me in this conversation is you've mentioned a couple of times, Tony, about going in hot. Yeah. Yeah. It never works out. And uh, I think that that happens to all of us as parents because we can, we, we can't put our finger on exactly what's wrong yeah we see something that's not going right and we just say put your phone away that's that's too much of that or whatever it is and and what our strategy i think is really founded on is the idea of recognizing what the real problem is taking the time to identify the problem and then communicate with our family what the solution is going to be try to put bounds on it, keep conversation always going so that we don't have to jump in at inopportune moments. We've already talked about this before. We're all on the same team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Cause I, and that's why I like, I really do. I love the 
even just the the fact that you guys do this, you have the website, you have really cool printed things, you've got articles. Um, it sounds like I'm a paid endorsement. I'm really not, but I just like it because <laughs> got, I feel like when people have no idea where to go, then that's when they're just they're just inconsistent and they are angry or frustrated or so. Yeah. I mean, you you guys give a nice place to just it kind of start from. There's good information. Uh, I know you're not saying that yours is the only way. And if a parent doesn't do the things that you suggest that they are horrible parents, I know that's not your message, right? right? But it, uh, it yeah. starts the conversation. It kind of gives some structure as well. Uh, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. Well, and one other thing to add then is that we initially wrote up our discussion points for our family tech think tank. And it was kind of this big, long PDF. And I, we found that it was too much for people. So we just updated it just this last week. So we have a quick guide to the first two discussions, which actually links to a Google Doc. So there's a PDF you can print out, and it's like four by six cards. And it basically just leads you through the first two discussions that we did with our kids. And that can give you a family tech plan. So it's just a really great place to start. And as a teacher, I am working on some a few online courses. Oh, nice. And the themes, I'm just getting started to help walk parents through the rest of those discussions if they want, yeah. but there's enough there to get started and to not feel overwhelmed. So we'd love for people to check that out on our website. It's just a quick guide, free download. Okay. Um, and uh, so betterscreentime.com. Betterscreentime.com. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook. We recently started a Facebook group. Okay. And so you can find that by going to our Facebook page. You'll find the group as well. And yeah, we just want to help get this conversation going and help each other. Okay. I love it. Uh, all right. Um, I am curious, Tyler, your maiden voyage in uh, the world of podcasting. How do you feel? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm surviving. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll be okay. You did well. Just, really did. just don't do that thing where you manipulate what I say. So it sounds really bad. Like I'm an evil guy. You know, what's funny is that like, uh, there was a, there was a, well, there was a hesitation in the recording right there. So it's going to actually now seem like I did manipulate your voice. So, <laughs> the best part would be now if I do record over that something with a completely different voice, you know, <laughs> that would be perfect. That'd be awesome. If I was, yeah. All right. I've got ideas now. Okay. Uh, all right. And uh, anything else that you guys want to add? I'm so grateful you took the time today. I really am. This oh, is great. I think that was great. Thanks for having us. We're oh. grateful to you. Oh, thank you so much. flying past our heads and out the other end the pressures of the daily grind it's wonderful elastic waste and